Thank you for tuning in to the Biz Jitsu Podcast. This is Vince Pakleb, your host. This is the podcast where we talk all things business and all things jujitsu. We hope you enjoy the show. We're live. Archie, what's, what's up? up? What's going on? You tell me, man. You tell me. It is time for uh for another episode man i'm I'm fired up yeah um it's sunday and um we had some technical difficulties but we're here now (laughs) that's it man sometimes you just gotta keep marching you gotta keep going forward (laughs) yeah um so what's uh what's newest in uh in archie's world you getting tattooed this uh this coming week yeah, I'll be visiting my artist out in Vegas. Shout out to his Instagram handle is kiwi.bert. Um, he's been working on my arm, and uh, we're going to finish the inside of my arm. We'll nice. try to do as much as we can. Because last time, man, I did two back-to-back days. Thought I can be like cool about it, but I'm never going to do that again. Yeah. It's just sitting there. It was just like, I felt like I could have been doing something more productive. (laughs) The whole time I thought I was thinking like, man, I just spent two days just sitting here getting tatted. (laughs) That's been fun, man. That's been fun. It is. (laughs) That's a a lot. Last time I got my chest done, um, I ended up getting sick after Mm. I did uh, probably like a five-hour session, five and some change, something like that. Yeah, and my, uh, I ended up getting sick. Wow. Yeah, I, I, done, I, I, what's that? Have you ever done back-to-back days? No. no, no. <laughs> but the, most, the most I've done it is when I did my chest uh, on two different times, it was both you know, four or five-hour sessions, and it's pretty pretty strenuous. Yeah, that's, that's long. I think anything over four hours, like – yeah, it's like diminishing, diminishing returns. Yeah. That's crazy. Let's, How'd you meet that guy? Um, he's a buddy of mine through um, one of my close friends. Um, so my buddy Chris, who currently lives in Vegas, um, he was living here in, down in SoCal for quite some time. He's my best man at my wedding. <clears throat> but we would go out a lot, go out to Vegas, and that's where I met Bert. And um, so I started seeing his work and got interested. And it's crazy <clears throat> seeing the the amount of detail he goes into his work. I mean, yeah. how, how many sessions are you doing now? So we did one, two, four sessions right now. Well, so this tomorrow will be my fifth. Now, is is that type of design uh, something that he specializes in, or that he specifically and only does? Um, right now that's, yeah, he's, it's Polynesian and, and Filipino. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's what his, his main focus is, but I know he's dipping his hands in a little bit of other stuff, but I think he's just sticking to what he's good at right now. And it's freaking great getting a lot of people. He's always, his books, his appointments are always booked, booked out for about six months. It's crazy. Yeah, for sure. You ever see the guys from a uh, spiritual journey? In Stanton, mm-hmm. no, no. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, they they do a bunch of Filipino tribal as well. They did my son's leg, and nice. Jeff Nalasco is uh, getting some work done by them. He's getting his back done. I just saw um, on his Instagram this week. Mm-hmm. Got the back of his neck done. Are yeah. those the same guys? The same guys, yeah. Oh, yeah, nice. There's a whole, yeah. whole crew of guys that all they do is Filipino. Tattoo was pretty interesting because, like, the intake form when they did my son's, they asked for all of this uh, background information around um, my grandparents, which would be his great grandparents, and my great grandparents, which would be his great great grandparents, of like what they did, what their occupations were, you know, what are some things oh, that were important to, to him. Oh, yeah, super, super fascinating. And like what, what various regions of the Philippines everybody was from. Uh, because all of those patterns were things that they tied into the um, to the original design. It's pretty cool. 
Yeah, I, I love that how they ask you those questions because that's the same thing um, my artist does. He's just asking about lineage and you know what are what are my hobbies, what do I love to do, you know, family stuff like that, and what I do for work. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. a lot of a uh, lot of symbolism between mm-hmm. uh, between all that. Yep. Yep. That's great. Um, what else? What else is happening in, uh, in Archie's world? Um, what else is happening? Well, it's 2024 and we just got finished. Um, Ed and I, we just got finished with the branding statements. So the next step is now, um, marketing and creating a logo. So I'm excited for that. We're still in the process of that and, um, we'll be doing, um, small business plan or a first draft of the business plan. I should say um, that's in the works right now. So I'm looking forward to what we're going to accomplish there. And man, just taking each step, man, we take is like, man, I get excited. Yeah, that's pretty fascinating. Yeah. 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 It's super cool. Um, have yeah. you heard of this book called story brand? No. So I heard of this, I heard of this book before mm-hmm. and it's a book by Donald Miller. And it talks about building a story brand. So this is a book right here. And, you know, I've been kind of going through um, just some thought process myself. You know, one of the things I've been talking to you about is taking my staffing and recruiting company and adding a consulting component to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, through that, I had a conversation with Ed and we were just kind of talking through some preliminary work around the branding statement and, you know, really resonated with me, right? Because I'm not in a rush to be able to add or build anything on top of what I'm already currently doing. So I want to be very thoughtful and methodical about it. So, you know, I've been putting a lot of thought around the storyline. And, you know, those are things that all tie into the marketing and the inbound responses and lead generation and all those things, right? It's just kind of how and why and what and all those things. And, yeah, it's... Uh, super fascinating. So I, I was kind of doing some research around branding and, and um, you know, some of that, you know, relations in, in, in kind of tying all those things together. Um, anyways, this book kind of re, re, resurfaced and um, I listened to, to it on audio and started reading through this. So I'll be anxious to kind of put some of this together. It's pretty interesting about, it tells a story of how every, um, every movie, and I'll probably screw this up, um, but how how every movie there the the plot and everything is always the same, right? It's always there's somebody there that is the main person. They have a problem that they need to solve, and then out of nowhere, there's a guide that will come and kind of help that person through all the adversity, right? And at the end, right, the person that's trying to solve the problem wins because of there's usually that guide that kind of helps them, right? So if you think of whatever movie. Um, or whatever show, right? There's typically, um, you know, so if you think of like a, in the Matrix, there's um, Neo and Morpheus, right? And there's the, hey, here's the kind of person that's trying to solve this one problem and they go to somebody to, to kind of help them through that. So anyways, pr- pretty interesting. That's kind of the 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 um, the engagement part of this book and, and talks about like when you are trying to go out and build consumers or going out and trying to generate consumers with your brand, you know, part of it is being able to tell your story and, you know, how are we helping them solve their problem? And we operating the, as a guide to kind of help them get through the process. I was even thinking about like how that applies to fitness, right? If somebody has a specific reason they're trying to uh, pursue fitness, I'm trying to lose weight, I'm trying to whatever, improve my self-defense skills or whatever. I want to improve my confidence. And that's me, right? Trying to solve this one problem. I go to an academy or I go to a, a trainer. I go to, you know, somebody to be able to help me. And that person operates as the guide. And yeah. that guide is, is you know, the one that's helping kind of the main character achieve their goals. And those are things, again, like, again, if you're in chiropractic and I'm trying to get to a pain-free state of uh, being, that's my scenario and I'm going to try to find a brand that aligns with what I'm trying to get done, which is, Hey, I'm trying to live pain-free. Your business would operate as the guide, 
right? You and your business and your systems would operate as a guide that would allow me to be able to get through that, right? So anyways, that, that's kind of the the thought process around it, or at least from what I can gather and, and what I could recall when I listened to the audiobook. So anyways, it's pretty cool as, uh, as you kind of tie things together on your end. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to add that to my audiobooks book list for sure. Because I don't think a lot of us take that much time to create that story, that imagination. Like we're always um, fixated on the service that we're going to deliver. Yep. Right? It's just like, okay, I'm good at that craft. I'm good at that craft. But you got to think around it. Like who's going to want your craft? You're going to have this good you're good at this craft, but who, who's going to want it? Like, yeah, they're not just going to come to you. And we always talk about this all the time. Like it's that build it. They will come mentality is not the way to go. And <laughs> yeah, yeah I sure. think this is definitely overlooked. And that was some of the things that Ed was even talk to, talking to me about when we're building the brand is like creating, asking me these questions, like, man, why, why are you going to, why, why am I, thinking about this stuff for sure what is this but you know the deeper we got into it the more man i got to so excited about creating this so um yeah i think anyone who has an idea or wants to start a business like branding is is the way to go or to start to get the wheels turning yeah directional there needs to be some north star right of of, you know the the direction and the service that you're trying to deliver and what you're trying to solve, right? What problem you're trying to solve in the marketplace. I mean, those are things that are all critical, mm-hmm. you know, in the book, um, the e-myth, it talks about that. And it uses this example of a baker where mm-hmm. just because somebody is really good at baking, um, doesn't necessarily mean that they should own a bakery. It just means that they're really good at baking. Right. And, and sometimes people get head fake because they're really good as a technician. I'm a good plumber. I'm a good whatever. And because I'm a good plumber or I'm a good personal trainer, for example, or I'm really good at, you know, X, Y, Z, I should own a business. Not necessarily. It just means that, you know, you're a good technician, but there's a lot of other parts, you know, to it. For some reason, I started, um, like thinking on the flip side of all this, you know, yeah, you can have all this branding and learning what you believe in but i immediately thought of <laughs> this person you remember, remember diego sanchez the ufc fighter mm-hmm. so he had this trainer this um trader named fabia i forget his name but i mean it, the way he trained him like they had like he had like mental abuse on him but I know, right? It's it's. Let me look it up. Hold on, let me see here. Uh, his name was Joshua Fabia. Um. So <laughs> he had a manipulation in his training, right? And I immediately thought, like, there's a a balance that you should have on what you believe in, right? There's there's definitely a, a line to draw, like. You shouldn't, yes, there's things you believe in, but, you know, you got to have that 50-50 balance between what people want and what, and then what you believe in, right? Do you, yeah. do you think that? Yeah, for sure. For sure, right? I think there's, um, well, I, and, and again, right, sure. another, what's that? What's that? Because I'm pretty sure this guy was like, probably believed that what he was doing for Diego Sanchez was like, this is what he needs. Like I, you know, it's all about mental game and like, <laughs> I'm pretty yeah, sure. I, I, went over, <laughs> overboard. I, I, I don't know enough about that specific situation, but yeah, I mean, I think that um, just like any, any situation, right. It's like up to the consumer to be able to determine, you know, yeah. what's uh, what's right. And then also too, you know, there's a responsibility of the person that's delivering that product, right. To make sure that, Hey, they're delivering a product that works. Right. Right. Um, anyways, so what else is going on? So I recently just launched or started this campaign of small biz vibes around the downtown Redlands area. And yep. interviewed some small business owners and um, hit the ground running on releasing some of their content. And I'm pr- getting some pretty good feedback from the business owners and 
the people that are seeing the videos. So I'm excited that's off the ground. And um, recently had a a meeting with Ray Prospero Mm -hmm. about like creating everything, basically what you've created here, man. Like, Like really appreciate you allowing me to be a part of this and creating something else within my you know, scope of business and doing what I need to do to, to, to drive some awareness to, to the office. But, um, we created a website or I created a website. He gave me like the directions on what to do about that and creating an entity. So all of this is what I'm doing is like geared towards like how I'm going to open up the office. So, um, uh, creating the website was definitely freaking, it was annoying, so tedious, but I'm glad I'm learning all this stuff. Like, man, I'm like, That's this awesome. should not look like on the website, dude. I was like trying to fix the the format and stuff like this. Like, man, just a lot of troubleshooting and errors, but I'm glad I didn't do this to do. I'm glad I'm doing this now so I don't get those problems later when I open up my office. Yeah, yeah for sure. I think what's what's interesting about the exercise Right is, you know, you go back to the Stephen Pressfield, do the work, right? Like, oh yeah, you just got to start, right? If you have a creative idea, like just start building, uh, which is super dope. And you know, the idea of building a marketing slash media company, I mean, that's the core foundation of mm-hmm. any business, right? Is hey, there has to be some degree of storytelling, some degree of lead generation, um, creating a local awareness, um, and all those things, those are all skill sets that would be beneficial to whatever business, right? Whether you open a chiropractic office or you open something else, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty dope, man. Yeah. I don't know what else is going on. Um, I tell you, I hired a nutrition coach. Oh, did you? <laughs> Oh yeah, I did. It was like two months ago, but it was really my purpose was for um, you know networking and referral because sure. for me personally, if I like want to refer business, I got to know what the I got to experience the the product myself. Yeah. So um, yeah, I've been working with her. It's been about well, about fifty days. So I'm down like twenty pounds. I'm I'm happy about that. Nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't think I would I would lose that much to be honest because man i put on some weight since the uh the pandemic <laughs> what uh what's been the total the total impact since uh since pandemic as far as what the weight gain <laughs> yeah. dude man yeah i think the pandemic like you know we're just always at home we're yeah. home a lot and the the thing we're always in the kitchen cooking eating ordering food you know i wasn't really watching what i was eating sure it was terrible so um that that was the biggest thing man and i knew that there was a problem when my gi didn't fit <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so funny dude nope. when when you have to go online and buy another gi or you're you're at the academy like dude i need a bigger size <laughs> gi there's it's starting to become a problem <laughs> oh that is so funny yeah it's one thing to buy a gi because you're like hey i want to buy a new fresh gi it's another thing because you're like i gotta buy a gi because just don't fit no more <laughs> like i i have to it's like, <laughs> it's like that is so funny <laughs> Well, also too, I think the kind of season in life that you're in, right? You got two young kids. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. You got a lot, lot going on from a from a career standpoint. You got the long commute, just a lot of stuff, right? Yeah, things are, things are moving fast. So, I mean, it doesn't necessarily justify it, but like I, I've been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's it's so easy, just like in business or anything. Like you can uh, trying to stick to this diet. Like I'm thinking of it as a business plan right now. Mm-hmm. That's the way I'm thinking of it. Like she gave me exactly what I should be eating each day. Although I switched some things around, you know, I'm like, ah, I don't like that. I'll have something else. But anyways, you know, I try to stick to it as much as possible. Log it in as best as possible. Like keep in a diary, right? Journaling, yeah. like, like, but I'm journaling what I eat. So, um, that's my mindset about sticking to this diet. It's like, okay, it's like a business plan. We're got to stick to it. 
you know, if I don't see results, then reassess and let's, let's see what we need to work on. But it's been 50 days. It's been really good. Feeling really great. That's Going awesome. really well. Freaking. That's awesome. Yeah. He's yeah. starting to feel bigger. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, uh, that KPI management and just day-to-day management. I mean, that's a, that's mm-hmm. critical. It's probably good, just good overall exercise, right? I mean, those are things that just that type of discipline is what is required when you're driving um, sales behaviors, right? Sales and marketing behaviors with, hey, how many inbound leads were generated? How many of those leads came from this campaign? Um, what type of output are we doing to be able to manage you know, this lead flow, kind of putting them through the funnel? How many prospects did we see? What, would, what did we convert? What did they convert at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, those are all things that are all kind of tied to it. And that's the exact same thing when it comes to nutrition. There's a lot of parallels there, right? Of you oh, know yeah. everything down to, you know, how much did I eat from a calorie standpoint? How does that look like from a macro standpoint? How well hydrated am I am? Am I taking my necessary, you know, uh, supplementation, right? If I have a calorie reduction, that means there's a nutrient reduction. So I'm gonna have to increase supplementation, just all those kind of basic pieces of the puzzle is the exact mm-hmm. same thing of the way when you're driving revenue through a business, it's the exact same thing with the mechanics Mm -hmm. of it are identical. Oh, yeah. What about you, man? What's what's going on? Um, I got a lot lot on my plate, man. I got sick, and that kind of took me me out, took me off my game a little bit. I was traveling. I went to uh, a conference in uh, New Orleans, and it was a pretty, pretty fascinating experience, right? So I'm in franchising, and the way the franchising works is there are franchisors and franchisees, right? So the franchisors are the people that um, sell and support uh, the franchises, right? They're the ones that are um, the ones that are responsible for building the systems, and then the franchisees are the ones that buy the into the system and follow the system and execute, right? So franchise or franchisee. Now, the way that it works is uh, there's a process where there's people out in the world that are looking to buy franchises, right? I mean, it's just a very common way of people wanting to participate in the business. So people will search out and there's various ways or methods for people to go out and buy a franchise. Um, one of those ways is by going and working with a franchise broker. Right, where someone would reach out and contact a broker and say, hey, here's what I'm looking to do. I'd like to get into a franchise. This is kind of the type of business I'm looking for. Here's the investment range. Here's kind of some of the things. And they go out and they find franchisors for this potential franchisee. Does that make sense? You follow me on that? <clears throat> so this conference was, we as a franchisor, there was a bunch of other franchisors there. And the um, brokers that represent potential franchisees, right? So there's probably, I don't know, called 100 brokers that were there. And, you know, it was a big, big event, four days. And the way that it worked is there's a broker, you know, it's a regular conference, right? Like you would think of a conference, just whatever. It's in New Orleans. And it's a, just like a regular conference. And then throughout the day, there's all these different workshops. And one of these uh, workshops, it's what they call a mix and match. So the mix and match is there's a bunch of franchisors that sit in a room and there's probably 20 brokers or so that sit in like a U formation. And then each franchisor goes up, does a five minute pitch, right? So think of like Shark Tank, right? Five minute pitch on here's a company, here's what's happening, blah, 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 right? Cover all these points. And then they'll do a little brief Q&A and then split, right? So it's kind of like, shark tank mixed with speed dating, right? (laughs) Uh, Excuse me. So I had to do these pitches throughout, um, throughout the time that I was there. And it was pretty interesting because I applied jujitsu to um, my presentation. And uh, so the way that it worked was we would go into these rooms in one hour time blocks and then there were a couple other presenters that presented before me. So 
and again, I've, I've done situations like this. I've been around brokers like that before, but this was a different environment where like we went directly to them. And it was fascinating because a couple of people went before me. So I started to see what were some of the bullet points and talking points that the brokers would write down. And anytime I saw like the other presenters would say something and the brokers were listening and they would like nod their head or they would like kind of be very receptive. I'm like, oh, okay, this is going to be good. But I could also read the room where you could see where they were like, oh, that's kind of puzzling or oh, that's kind of questionable, right? So I was like, kind of taking mental notes. So when I went, did my first rep, did my thing. I'm like, okay, the response to this, response to that. We're in so response to this. They asked questions about that. So again, next iteration, when I went back up a second time, it was the exact same thing, right? We're trying to read the room, get understanding. What are they doing? What do they respond to? And, you know, make my adjustments. And uh, anyways, so much similar, just like when you're rolling and doing jujitsu, right? Where you can start to understand like, oh man, I got swept this way. Or, you know, hey, I could pass if I put my grip here. Um, or, and hey, whenever I do this, this is what they do. And literally there was just a series of jujitsu that was happening in my brain um, as uh, as each of these reps were coming through. So yeah, it's pr- pretty cool just to be able to see the uh, the world of jujitsu you know, appear in, uh, in other areas. But yeah, I, I finished, I did that. And then literally I started to feel sick on the, on the way back. I shouldn't say on the way back, uh, towards the back half of the trip. And then finally, when I came back on Friday, I'm like, man, this is miserable. And I was, uh, I was that sick guy on the airplane getting other people sick, but, uh, had, I had to get back. Right. So, so anyways, then I was out for a week, but I'm, I'm feeling way better now. What were you feeling like? You're coughing, or did you feel like you had a head cold? Uh, yeah, I felt like I had a cold, just a very dramatic one. Yeah. So yeah, pre- pretty lame. But as I started to uh, feel, it started with the when the first night we got there, we did the whole thing, just typical conference, right? So we were there with with a couple other folks and just people that we knew. So we, hey, we're in New Orleans. We're gonna go grab some dinner, do the whole thing, and it was pretty cold there actually. The next morning, I woke up like, ah, oh, man, a little sore throat. And didn't think much of it. Next day, like, okay, it's more than just a sore throat. It's starting to feel a little congested. And then, you know, that compounded over four days. And then on the fourth day, I'm like, dude, I got to bail, man. This is not, this is not good. So, yeah, it got, got progressively worse. And by the time I got home, I was like, man, this is, this is brutal. So, yeah, I was, I was out for a few days in bed. And then worked remotely all last week. Didn't get a chance to train. So, I got the itch to get back on the mats. But I didn't, I didn't want to, uh, risk anything or get anybody else sick so i'm like oh let me just i'll hang back for uh for a few more days make sure i'm good to go before we get back to it so i'm, I'm pumped to to get back nice a little bit of quarantine huh yeah <laughs> yeah gotta gotta separate myself from the world a little bit but yeah <laughs> safety first safety first it, it, you can uh, um sort of hear it in the the milton oh yeah episode. oh yeah yeah 100 percent yeah, yeah, that was crazy. yeah. I was, I was straight sick when yeah. when I when we did that episode. But bring it, let's go. Nice. Yeah. What else? Um, I wanted to talk to you about this thing that I encountered. Um, it was like over the holidays. So when my wife and I went to go to Alex DeHue's coffee shop, mm-hmm. Raised by Lions. Yep. And I was wearing Noah's Vendetta shirt, the USA Jiu-Jitsu shirt. Mm-hmm. And this couple comes up to me and they're like, oh, where do you train? I'm like, oh, I, I train um, over at Thomas Kenny training facility in Corona. I got, oh, that's far. And then I asked them where they train and um, they're sort of new, like, one and a half years in and the thing that really bugged me is like they said that they wish that there was more nogi academies around town in the tustin area i'm like yeah but i don't know i feel like the gi is just dude there's i and now you know what's weird is that now my instagram feed is about posts about this resistance between gi and nogi like <laughs> Like, oh, gi is boring to watch because all you see is a bunch of stalling. 
And then Nogi, you could see it in Nogi too. Like you see a bunch of hand fighting from standing. So, dude, I've been asking a lot of like um, people that do jujitsu. Like, what are your thoughts? Like, the the Nogi has been like crashing the scene lately with ADCC, especially you know ADCC. The opens were yesterday, and like, um, I. And a lot of the responses are, it's kind of 50-50, but I would say the majority of the responses are like, you should start with Gi. So what are your thoughts? I mean, it, it could be biased because you train um, Gi, but... No, I, I mean, when I started, so my first time ever on a mat, so I think, I, I mean, you've heard me tell the story. Um, first time on a mat, I opened up LA Boxing, and this would have been in 2005, so years, years, and years ago. And during that time frame, you know, jujitsu was um, associated with the world of MMA, or at least that—that that was my association with with jujitsu. wasn't like the kind of traditional form of, of jujitsu, um, although it was there. It just wasn't as present in the world I was living in, right? So we found a guy who was a mutual friend. Um and he was he trained under Chris Brennan, right? So it was a next generation guy. And he was a blue belt about to get a purple belt at the time. And we wanted to start a jiu-jitsu program. And he was also going to be a uh, a striking coach for us. So we're like, hey, let's just do it. So I bought some mats and we just started and it was in a nogi setting and that was all i knew right fast forward a little bit i um was working in the mortgage industry mortgage industry crashed i'm like okay hey, i gotta get out of this business i gotta figure out what i want to do so i took a little time off a business partner of mine um in the la boxing we separated I'm like, hey, what do I want to do? A friend of mine says, hey, man, you should put the gi on and go do some jiu-jitsu. So I put the gi on. I'm like, that's kind of cool, man. And uh, again, it was totally different. Fast forward, um, I just always ended up sticking with gi because of, hey, that was just the people that I was around. And I, again, I think it's a scenario where, hey, both are very, very relevant, right? I think the... Uh, world from a spectator standpoint, uh, I could see why um, people gravitate towards Noki just because, you know, you think of guys like uh, Gordon Ryan or Craig Jones that are monopolizing the kind of social media scene. And yeah, there just happen to be Noki guys. And there isn't someone that is as, um, that doesn't have the same kind of notoriety that's a gay guy. Right, I mean, Maragali is probably the closest one that's looking to kind of make a make a splash. I mean, you'll see some uh, Victor Hugo start to kind of build his presence. And again, there are some people, but no one that is doing it like how Craig Jones and the B team is doing it, right? From a from a, yeah. a social media and and just content creation standpoint. So I, again, I think it's just one of those things. It's about driving attention. So yeah, if someone wants to train no gi, great, train no gi. If someone wants to put a gi on, great, train with a gi on. Candidly, I I like training with a, with a gi on. Right? There's just a certain degree of I wanted to become very proficient on how to do it, and I'm still not there yet. Right, I think I'm, I'm very confident in what I'm doing, but still not. You know, I haven't mastered that world yet. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it, it's really two different worlds for sure, well, yeah. without, without a doubt. But um, again, I, I if someone wanted to train with without a gi, go for it, man. Go have fun. Just train. Yeah. And and I'm not saying that I'm bashing on Nogi. It's definitely you ha- you have to get a, your your feet wet in both if you're going to be training, right? It's not just one or the other. You got to experience both sides of it because <clears throat> now that I've been training a lot more Nogi, dude, I feel like my gi game got a lot better, <laughs> right? And I think yeah. I can go the same way the other way around. Like you've got better grip strength, you can hold people a little bit better, right? So it's, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know why that that kind of bugged me when they asked me that. <laughs> <I don't laughs> know they mentioned that. 
Yeah. Again, I mean, I think it's a scenario where <laughs> it, there's a there's a preference. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't know if I have any level of authority to be able to say, hey, you should do one one or the other. Uh, but yeah, I think fundamentally understanding how to grip and understanding how to break a grip, that's pretty important, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I would, um, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing for someone to uh, to know, right? I mean, you look at a lot of the the great jiu-jitsu players of our time, Hodger Gracie, Marcelo Garcia, Andre Galvao, you know, a lot of those folks, right, historically are people that start and promote a lot of gi, but also are great no-gi competitors, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the I think the carryover goes both ways. I mean, you see Nicholas Margali, right? He oh, yeah. is, a, you know, predominantly a, a, a gi guy, took his gi off and is, you know, being rather uh, rather competitive. And you look at the Ruotolo brothers, right? They predominantly are no gi, but they could put a gi on and go win the world championships, right? So, I mean, I think that there's um, – yeah, they, you know, again, I think that one complements the other. It's probably, you know, similar to like, hey, is there benefits to training wrestling, even though you do jiu-jitsu, or is there benefits to training judo if, you know, you're not going to be a judo competitor, but is there a carryover? Yeah, I think it all carries over. I think it's one mm-hmm. of those things where it's all kind of building blocks to uh, to one yeah. another. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, I just wanted to share that and get off my chest. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, that uh, that no game. St- go, go, go ahead, yeah. sorry. No, but I'm still asking everyone that I see, even like uh, clients that we have at the office. Like <clears throat> some of them are black belts that come in, so I, I always strike that conversation. Yeah, like if someone came up to you and said that they only want or they want more Nogi academies around town. You know, I get a. It's been the. It's been slightly more. They should be training in a gi first, than no gi. But there's been mentions about oh, you know, in a street fight, you don't have a gi on, but you have clothes. You can yeah. Turn clothes into a gi. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, the same way I would, I would, you know, grip, you know, whatever a, a lapel, or I'll grip somebody's pants right either wearing right. jeans and a you know a t-shirt or jeans and a sweatshirt or jeans and a um you know a jacket i'll probably do this same exact thing right to be able to control somebody's posture right um yeah it's, it's not a bad thing to know yeah yeah what else well, <laughs> right <laughs> that's wild dude gee <laughs> the, the the old gee versus uh gee versus no gee <laughs> uh, what else? <clears throat> Sorry. So, our first live event. Yeah, what about it? <laughs> we we've been talking about it for for some time, and um, I think we we set a date. Yeah, I mean, we definitely need to. We definitely need to. Um, I mean, I'm going to meet. I really want to do something with um, the East LA Jiu Jitsu guys. So I'm going to meet them this coming Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a scenario where we got to land on where and when. And does that timeline line up with um the launch of the website right i think it's like hey these things gotta there's gotta be some overlap right between between all that but yeah i'll be anxious to uh start ironing out the details if you know you're gonna put a gun to my head and say when i would say the last week of april and we need a you know good 12 to 16 weeks to market but uh, i think there's some details that we gotta we gotta figure out Where, where i've been kind of wrestling with is there's a part of me that just says, hey, I want to do it in Corona because, again, it's our first one. We're from Corona, and let's do it in Corona. The other part of it is the East LA Jiu-Jitsu. I really like their mission and what they do and kind of the spirit of what they do. And it's like, man, if there's a way that we can partner with them and potentially do it at their place and you know make this first event a slash fundraiser event, 
the thing I got to kind of process is I don't know exactly how far out it is. Like I've been to East LA, but you know, I'm trying to process like, okay, would people, and I'm sure people would, right. For the right event, you know, travel to, to East LA from Corona, right. Cause obviously we want to have a lot of just kind of our own local presence, you know, over to the, uh, to the team at East LA and kind of figure out, uh, figure out that. So there's some logistical things that we gotta, gotta iron out. But yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. We gotta, we gotta put, put a date on the, put a, put a date on the calendar and just build. Yeah. And, um, should we make it gi or no gi? Great question. Great question. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, no, great, I, great question. No. Open mat. I mean, just take the top off. Just <laughs> the no lapels and be good. <laughs> if you want to do no gi. Well, the uh, the other part of it too is where I've been wrestling with around with this first event is do we want to bring in a sponsor that helps us with a seminar and do a seminar? So again, I mean, I think it's a scenario where I don't think we'll have a problem finding a sponsor, and I don't think mm-hmm. it's a I don't think we'll have a problem finding somebody that would be open to do a a seminar. It's just. You know, again, I want I want the storyline of it to make sense and just the logistics of it to make sense. So, yeah, we got a yeah. couple couple things we got to iron out there. Plus, also too, the, sure. the web the website piece has to kind of finish up. I mean, I was with those guys yesterday and and them making a lot of progress quickly. Yeah, did you like what you saw from the meeting yesterday? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just again, it's it's one of those things where you know the goal of the the website is for people to not just create a listing, but also be able to message one another and be able to be very relevant, right? So someone can search in the city that they're in and what type of business they're in and and have some of those functionalities come up. Uh, So again, I think a lot of the foundational work is, uh, is there. I mean, they've made some massive, massive progress, but uh, we'll still have to go through a beta test phase as we, uh, as we, go through it right and really that'll be the campaign once once we're ready to go with with the start of that beta test i mean i want to do a big campaign 12 16 weeks up until a point where we're ready to go and that will lead into the kind of big website launch celebration slash open mat so yeah we got a lot of work to do man yeah a lot of work to do that'll be fun though Plus, too, I think it would just be fun to be able to get some uh, get some people's heads together, and you know, just be able to uh, to network. I always find it fascinating hearing about people's just perspective on building the business and just how some of those things apply to you know what what we're doing here, uh, the evolution of what I'm doing with the uh, staffing company and, and what that's going to look like here in 2024. The evolution of your, or I guess, kind of like the evolution, the start of your, um, you know your chiropractic office. And yeah, I think uh, it's a lot of, a lot of good, a lot of good when you get a lot of smart people in the same room together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. Like with all the connections we made, all the the people that we met, definitely they're playing a crucial role in getting this, this started, getting it off the ground. So that first step, man, it just started and then that's it. Just keep going. <laughs> that is uh that is it. Um, cool, man. What else? Anything else that we got to cover or recap? Um, Milton's episode. Gosh, it was good. Huh? If, <laughs> if you're listening to this right now and having trouble with marketing or awareness to your local community for your business, listen to that episode. <laughs> it's, he dropped so much about what his company does. Yeah. Well, well, I think what's interesting about that episode is very practical too, because it's not dependent upon. uh, Obviously, he has the ability to help support and manage that, Mm -hmm. and just give some expert advice, right? Very similar to like your you hiring your nutrition coach, right? I mean, like, hey, you know, and I know that, hey, we got to move more and eat less, and I got to make better food choices, and. You got a plan, hold yourself accountable. Like, you know that, but it's different when you have somebody doing it 
and someone telling you or someone that you could be an immediate resource, the same, same exact thing, right? Very similar to his model. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just the, you know, the localized version of, uh, of that. So yeah, was, he had some really good, really good insight in regards to the, uh, Google business profile and building that out and that local SEO. It's pretty, pretty fascinating. Yeah. It's a good dude too, by the way. Yeah. I wish I, I made that call and ask him more questions about, you know, sp- starting my practice, but I didn't know how crucial the, um, GBP is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my first mindset, Oh, I got to create this badass website. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. No, oh, I got to create this great content, right? I got to yeah. do this cool video or all those things. Right. Yeah. That's funny, right? <laughs> Man, that's insane. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was thinking about, cause, uh, he invited us out. Uh, so, you know, I'll go to South Florida. I haven't fully booked my, my trip. Um, but it'll be here in the first half of the year. And, uh, the jujitsu dummies podcast is the, they only record it live in person. So, um, I'm going to make it a point to go out there, see him do his, do his podcast live. But I was thinking about, if you guys ever, if you ever end up going back out towards um, uh, Miami for Black Diamond Club, you should uh, you should definitely connect with him. Get on this episode. Get on an episode with him. Plus, pick his brain a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I will for sure. It's funny. I'm I'm actually going to Miami that second week of February, but oh, I don't dude. think I would be. I don't know if I'll be able to hop on a show because we'll be out and about all weekend. Got it. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Are you are you going for Black Diamond Club or are you going just no. to go? It was it's for a bachelor party. <laughs> oh nice. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean oh. Well, I'll try to see. I'll see what I can do. For sure. <laughs> where is he at? South Florida? I don't know where everything's at in Miami, but Yeah, he's in that in that Miami Coral okay. Gables, I think. Or or um he's in that he's in that South Florida market. So yeah, I mean it's okay. all it's all probably 45 minutes, you know, okay. driving. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Good, good stuff, man. All right. What else? Anything else that we got to, uh, that we got to cover? Um, Matt, Matt Guffey's episode was, that was informative about yeah, for sure. his, um, hiring a coach and he's still working with that coach. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I just I don't know why I'm so resistant on hiring one because it feels like well, one finances obviously for me personally. Sure, but I know there's value to it with the accountability and you know, especially if we're working with someone who's has the experience of what you want. I know there's value there, so I, I think I might take the chance pretty soon. I've been looking into some coaches. Yeah, I mean, I have a coach, right? That I that I I have regular communication with. I'm mean, I'm working through some of the, um, you know, working through some of my things um, now, Paul. So, yeah, man, it's it's helpful. It's helpful to be able to offer some perspective and and be able to uh, just bounce ideas off of each other. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely, definitely very helpful. Yeah. Because I I know there's, there's some days throughout the week where it's like, man, I, I talked about this in the last um, episode that we, we did about, I feel like I've done everything, <laughs> but hell no, there's, Still a lot more stuff to do. I'm like, I know there's something. I know there's some ideas to get off of my mind or some some things I need to do. And I think right there at those moments are the moments I need to speak to a coach. Yeah. It's like I'm sure he can they can pick my brain out or just ask the right questions and figure out what what I need to accomplish. But um, you know, I could be better at creating my goals throughout the week. But it seems like I need to add more to my plate. 
which sounds crazy. <laughs> um, well, well, also too, I think part of it too is is there's a certain degree of just knowing what to ask, right? Because it's like, yeah. okay, you're doing everything that you know how to do, so I'm done here, right? It's kind of like, you know, jiu-jitsu player that's mm-hmm. learning jiu-jitsu and like, hey, I only know these kind of go-to moves and everything else is just like, I'm just going to kind of spaz my way through through the through my training sessions. Um, yeah, so I, again, I think it's a scenario where as you are going through it, because it's not always just who does, I need to do more, right? Sometimes it's just, hey, you know what, can I do what I'm currently doing? You know, how do I make it better, right? How do I continually do more, right? One of the things that I've been uh, committing to 2024, this is a year where I'm going to go massively all in on my own personal education. Yeah, I talked about this on a, on a previous episode around just, I need to get a better, clearer understanding around this world of digital marketing and marketing as a, as a whole, right? I mean, there's a lot of concepts. There's a lot of fundamental things that I think I, I feel proficient in. Uh, but there's a whole other world out there, right? When you start digging in deeper, and there's a lot of information out there. I mean, you could find, yeah. you know, information and not just, hey, I looked this thing up on YouTube, right? I mean, there's very credible places that offer um, additional information and specialized knowledge for you to be able to gather so you could get better and better and better at things, right? So mm-hmm. it's just like anything else, right? I mean, we've been talking about this when it comes to jiu-jitsu that it's one thing to just show up to class and do whatever, you know, coach or professor tells us to do and that's it. Or, Hey, I'm going to be very, very intentional about what I'm trying to get done. And I'm going to figure out, I'm going to become very, very proficient about these certain things. Right. Again, I, I've been sharing how, you know, my, I've been very committed to like, okay, I'm just going to go through this back chasing scenario and every possible scenario of, if I start in closed guard, how do I get the guard to open? How do I pass? What are my options for passing? Once I pass, what's the fastest path to the back, right? And once I'm there, how do I stay there, right? Jeff, I, I did a session with Jeff one time, and he was talking to me about uh, ride time on on people's back. And he's like, hey, it's one thing to get to the back. It's nothing to keep it, right? So, you know, you should be working on a stat of how do I get to the back and then how do I stay on the back and how long I could stay there, right? Just ride time. And, you know, that's kind of the same exact thing, right? Where if I look at the world of where I'm at and where my business is at, like, man, I, I got to really get a better handle on this digital marketing world and just going really, really super deep. I mean, there's a lot of other things I could be thinking about or trying to build out or other things, but like, man, just driving through that. And, and part of the reason why is, one of the skills I feel very proficient at is like lead management, lead conversion, right? So if a lead comes in or when a lead comes in and being able to follow that path to get them to enroll in whatever I'm trying to get them to enroll in, like I feel very, very proficient in that. But man, it's really all about lead generation. And lead generation is above and beyond just, hey, pay for pay for some lead ads, right? I mean, even just yeah. listening to Milton, Right. And just oh, yeah. as you do more and more research, you're like, man, that's a lot of information. Right. So yeah, getting super heavy into, uh, into that. And I think it's, you know, as you're kind of building your own path is figuring out what that is for you. Right. Cause mm-hmm. you know, as, as you start to go deeper and deeper, right. This building the brand. Right. And then how does this turn into, you know, how does this thought process turn into this kind of digital presence? How does that, create inbound inquiries. I mean, that's like really where my head's at. So as I start to dig deeper and deeper, I'm like, man, there's a lot that like, I don't even have time to consume all this. Right. So I think part of that's just figuring out like what that is for you at this point. But yeah, yeah I, I would encourage you. A coach would be super helpful. Yeah. So let me ask you something about lead management. So this, this account that I met are created um, or this, I guess, small company about small biz vibes and recording um, conversations with small business owners and just sharing their story. I'm getting a lot of messages from other small businesses, but not really like, Hey, I want to be a part of it yet. Sure. How can I get them there? 
if they're already DMing me, like, I love what you're doing type thing, what um, is strategies? Uh, again, I mean, I think part of it is just, hey, that's part of the process, right? So, you know, you think about it. Uh, I had talked about, you know, farming and hunting on a, on a previous mm-hmm. episode. Okay, if I got a yeah. bag of 100 seeds, that doesn't mean I'm going to grow 100 plants. It just means I got a bag of 100 seeds, right? So I got to do my best work to be able to put those seeds in the most fertile soil. Mm-hmm. And once they're in there, do the best I can to be able to nurture them until they turn into something. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a scenario where, hey, just knowing that some people will give you an opportunity to convert and some will, some will not. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, where, where, do you, where do you see the, uh, the, the challenge or the bottleneck at? Um, I think right now is actually, um, getting someone to be a guest right now at the moment. Like I have someone lined up, but I just don't want to run out. I want to have a sufficient amount. So, I mean, uh, maybe some days we're like, oh, I can't get a schedule lined up type thing. And, you know, I won't have enough content or product to distribute so that's where i'm, I'm having the problem so i want to try to get these these other individuals who showed or striked an interest to come visit the website and book an appointment type thing so um so part of it's just asking right okay. the other part of it is, that's yours yeah yeah, yeah. The part of it is literally just asking okay the, the other part of it is making sure that you have a message that's compelling enough that make people want to go through that process mm-hmm. right and you know it takes time to be able to build yeah. value and be able to build interest and be able to build some credibility so mm-hmm. you know i think the thing that i would be thinking through right is like what does the life cycle look like right so if i'm a if i'm a uh potential consumer right mm-hmm. and i inquire and i say hey this looks kind of cool i'd love to have them come visit my business um, and I take the action to be able to go through, right? So whatever your lead funnel process looks like, there should be kind of two paths, right? Path number one is, okay, hey, if I submit a inquiry form, what is going to be the steps along the way to get me to where I want to go, right? How do I get them to give me information? How do I get them to... um schedule how do i ask for money just kind of that whole part of the process right how do you actually deliver the goods right how do i go record what does that whole process look like right start to finish and the other part of it is is what happens if they come to the website they give me their email but i can't get them in a book right so that would be like a miss sale process so what does that path look like right and then if someone comes to the website, I don't capture their email. Is there a path for me to be able to retarget them, right? They've been to the website. There's some cookies that were planted there. I have some general idea, right? How do I get them to come back, right? Um, and the other part of it too is like thinking about, okay, how did they get to the website, right? So like I'll, I'll give you an example of, okay, hey, there are people that, are in Redlands and they heard about me through whatever Instagram. Okay, cool. Well, if I can't get them to convert on Instagram, how do I get them in front of them on LinkedIn? Right. Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's just like, um, you know, people need varying degrees of impressions right before they, uh, give somebody their business. So, you know, the example that I would use is, you know, if you're opening your chiropractic office, for example, so you're opening your chiropractic office and there's a sign in front of your building that says, you know, chiropractic, whatever, you know, 30 minute free consultation, whatever that's out in front of the office. Right. So there's that. And then there's the digital advertisement, right. Of all the people that are locally inside that little geo fence that you build. Okay, great. Well, then now how else do I get in front of them? Oh, well, there's a health and wellness fair. So I'm going to set up a table and I'm going to go and talk to people at the health and wellness fair. Okay. Hey, there's a, um, this local influencer. I'm going to go do an adjustment on local influencer and I'm going to do a collaboration with that local influencer. Oh, there's a, um, you know, another, uh, physical therapist, right. That we did a collaboration together and it was, um, 
you know, an interview that they did of me that I'm on their blog post and I reshare their blog post. Right. Um, but now it's like, Oh, okay. If somebody sees them and they're like, Oh, Hey, you know what? I saw them with that physical therapist, man, I saw them. they popped up on my LinkedIn. That was pretty interesting. And like, man, they, you know, I saw their sign that's out front and man, I was, I was at that health fair and they were there and like, Oh, now let me, now let me inquire. Right. So there has to be these varying degrees of just multiple attacks. Right. And, and you need to be committed to figuring out what that path is. And then each of those paths, right. So all of those things is kind of top of funnel. Right. And then the goal is, is how do I get all of those impressions to convert into the next phase, which is, okay, I got to get them into the funnel, right? Which is ultimately, yeah, I want them to schedule an appointment so I can shoot some content. But if I can't get them there, but I can at least get their email, what does that path look like? Okay, I got their email. Okay, now I got them scheduled for an appointment. Okay, I got them scheduled for an appointment, but I can't get them to commit and buy. Okay, now I got them to commit and buy, but they only got the small package. I want them to get the bigger package, right? Like, okay, they got the bigger package. I want them to come back and do it again. Right now, I want them to come back and do it again. Now, I want them to tell a friend. Right, so there has to be these, you know, they have to be very thoughtful in regards to mm-hmm. the way that that process looks. Um, and it's not like a hey, say this, you know, secret to success, right? Or just text them this, right? It's hey, you got to have be very, very committed to know that hey, there's going to be multiple ways that they're going to hear and understand. And how am I? as an operator, you're going to get in front of them because their attention goes to all these different places. Right. So mm-hmm. again, just being very, very, very thoughtful around that. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense as far as um, what I need to do as far as my next steps for sure. Heck yeah. That was good. Oh man. Day by day, day by day. Just keep building. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I already have some ideas, but then, you know, Again, I'm going to be tying this all together with opening up the chiropractic office. So I'm excited now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, one thing I will I will encourage you if you don't have one yet, right? I mean, you got to have a CRM mm-hmm. to help you manage lead flow, right? In the very beginning, it's very easy, right? Because there's very small scale of, um, you know, that, that you're doing. I mean, there's plenty of HubSpot and Zoho and... Um, Salesforce, right? So there's plenty of different ways that you could do a small scale CRM, right? Of like, okay, leads flows coming in and I'm going to set these automations. So you don't need to think about it, right? Because the whole idea is like, okay, hey, when this lead comes in via email, here's going to be the path. Hey, this is a referral and this is the path, right? So it'll take time to be able to build each each one of those paths, but it it's makes a lot more sense, right? To be able to just, okay, hey, where do I park all these people and what's the path of automation that they got to go through? And then how do I make sure that all of that stuff is being, you know, people keep moving forward, right? Cause that's the whole thing is just step-by-step step, forward by, you know, one step in front of the other. Yeah. Cool. Cool, man. What else? Anything else? Um, what else is going on? I don't know. That is it, man. That is it. <laughs> Dude, I can't. I've been, I can't. List, I've been listening that? to the Chu Jitsu podcast recently. You you have been? He's got some, yeah, yeah. He's got some good that's stuff. A, he has a really good content, man. Yeah. Um, talking about old man jujitsu. That's a good episode. That's about wow. jujitsu. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> he talks about you know you know diet and you know you can't be move. You gotta realize like you can't be moving the same way you were before type thing and you know oh, yeah. all the the cliche things. But he does go into depth about some of them. It's like yeah, it's cliche, but it's a realization, you know. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm guilty of that man. I am guilty of that. I think we all are. That's why he has to talk about it. <laughs> Dude, forget about it. You, you know, it's, it's it's hard to like process, right? Of like, man, I'm you know 47, 48 years old, and just okay, you know, rolling with a 20 year old or rolling with a you know 30 year old, uh, it's just different, right? Yeah. Again, doesn't doesn't mean. Anything other than I just have to be very thoughtful and methodical, 
about how I apply, you know, mm-hmm. the jiu-jitsu and just, hey, when I was 30, when I was 35, when I was 25, I would have done things, you know, I was just a lot more reckless. So it's like, yeah. what, what do you do? I can't, I can't behave. I can't behave that way. Get myself injured. Get this old guy injured. Yeah. Put you out for another week. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe even longer. Maybe even longer, dude. <laughs> right. All right, man. Well, uh, good, uh, good talk as always. Minute and uh, minute and four in. What else? Any other last minute questions? Any last minute thoughts? No, looking forward to delivering more content, speaking with more guests. Yeah. Keep yeah, we it got going. some good, good ones, good ones lined up on the horizon. We got the website launch that's uh, about to go down here soon. We got the in-person events. Um, hopefully, we're going to do some collaboration with uh, the team at East LA Jiu-Jitsu. Excited to be able to support that uh, that nonprofit and uh, just kind of the spirit of what they're doing with uh, with Jiu-Jitsu. And look forward to uh, seeing some of the stuff that you're working on come to life, man. It's going to be a big, uh, big, big 2024. Yeah. Heck yeah. Cool. cool, man. Other than that, man, if there's uh, nothing else, we'll call it a wrap. Deuces. <laughs> see you, everyone. You listen to the Biz Jitsu podcast where we talk all things business, all things jujitsu. We'll see you on the next episode. See ya. Bye. Bye.